I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 95ers. Fuck the intro there, but we'll keep going. 95ers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Today we are joined by a very special guest in the form of Mr. Matthew Blaze. Matthew, how are you today, mate? All good, Andrew. How are you? How's all the, the listeners and the viewers? We all good? Well, I'm doing well, thanks, mate. I'm sure that the lovely people listening are doing all right as well in their commute, whatever they're heading to. Um, if you are, let us know. Drop us a message. Let us know how you're getting on. Um, before we move on, quick reminder, for anyone who leaves a screenshot or leaves a screenshots and tags me in their stories with this podcast or leaves a review, I will set you up with a complete coaching call to help you with your goals going into the rest of this year. And for anyone, this month's release is a completely free custom meal plan. If you want to get your hands on that, it will be linked in the show notes or in the description below in the YouTube video. Um, but let's get into things today. Matt is um, bodybuilding, a competitor of ten, seven years, sorry, powerlifter, strongman, things like that. So we're going to dive into more powerlifting sides. I've not really had anyone on like that before. So for anyone who's interested in getting stronger in the gym, getting better in performance, improving your general health, the strength aspect is something you do have to focus on as well. It's not just a case of going, throw the pink dumbbells about and hope something happens. There has to be a strength aspect as well. So firstly, Matthew, do you want to tell us a wee bit about yourself, your background, how you get into the sport and things like that in terms of even just the gym as well? Um, and we'll take it from there, mate. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so my, my fitness journey kind of started reading comic books. That's where all of my... Um, all of my social media you'll see is the enhanced Superman. So that kind of what motivated me to pick up a weight. But uh, what really kicked it off, I used to be a fighter. I was 43 kilo. Didn't like being the smallest weight class in MMA and picked up the weights to get big. Simple. Uh, it took over my life and I forgot all about getting hit in the face and said, right, let's get strong. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Where, what age did you, you step into the gym? Uh, first day in, I guess, would have been 13 or 14. Um, just diddling around on the, well, unofficially 13 or 14. The, the place where I did kickboxing was in a gym. So whenever the class would be on, a few of us would sneak onto the way floor and quickly get kicked out by the manager. Yeah. When did you, when did you first figure out that the weights was for you? What age was that? I uh, would have been 15 or 16. Uh, once I was allowed to actually stay on the gym floor, I went, yeah, this is my bag. <laughs> and then, then and, and it turned into an addiction ever since then? Oh, entirely. Like, I'm 28 now. I don't know if people would have guessed that. I thought I was older, I thought I was younger. <laughs> uh, so it's been well, well over 13 years 
unable to kick me out of the gym. Quite right, mate, quite right. You said you were 43 kilos there when you started, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I guess 17 years old would be the first time I got weighed in for a fight. And when that scale said 43 and they told me, I think at the time it would have been super featherweight. I went, right, that doesn't sound like a superhero. No. I, I need that sorted out. Who's your favourite superhero before we move on? Oh, with the name, Superman, obviously. Is that, um, that, that has an, to be. Is that an idol growing up? <laughs> Always. Every single comic, every TV show I'd get my hands on, that that was the main man. <laughs> Superb. See, to be honest... Do you have a superhero? Do you know, mate, I, it's something I never like the the thought process for or enjoyed too much when I was younger but see all the films and stuff nowadays like the Marvel films I don't fucking miss them oh, like they they're are on another level now they're incredible the most recent Avengers film things that are absolutely superb like I would never miss them but oh, even if you never liked a comic book yeah. the way they put those movies together where they all interlink is the most impressive thing yeah, in cinema I've ever seen is. it sure is um but that's kind of off topic. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll I'm sure we could get down that rabbit hole. In terms of training, nutrition, let's kind of get into that and how pass on how we can help someone who's just your average person in the gym that maybe trying to make a bit of progress and things like that, but not seeing the results. So maybe yeah. they, they kind of want to get into, for example, some sort of strength strip. Spend, I can speak well today, by the way. You can, get, <laughs> yeah. you can, tell, you can tell I'm just off the back of a 12-hour shift. Um, so I'm actually still more work close for anyone listening. <laughs> you will see it in the YouTube video right now. Um, but for anyone who's looking to get into some sort of power, uh, you know, strength training or something like that, where do you start? You know, for example, I'm not too clued up on it myself, to be honest. Um, what are kind of the initial first steps for anyone who's looking to step into the gym, get confident, get into a good powerlifting routine and start seeing some progress? Well, honestly, from my own experience, because just from making mistakes and figuring out what I should have done, would have been getting a coach first thing. Yeah. Like when it comes to your three big lifts, your squat, your bench, and your deadlift, you spend your first couple of years kind of diddling around, not knowing what you're doing with them, you'll create very poor movement patterns that are hard to fix. So if you start day one, you ask someone that knows what they're doing, you learn the basics you build from there. Um, like uh, who's better to learn from than somebody that's already done it? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more, you know. And I, I say this to everyone constantly who's attempted even starting out in the gym, doesn't matter what your goal is. And I say it with meaningful, and I say it I genuinely meaning it, that if I could go back to day one in the gym and do anything, it would be to hire a coach. Like, ask for help, no matter what area you're looking to go into. It's just going to help shortcut the process so much. I've done it with oh, business. Me and Tori as well. Yeah, I'd done it with business and it was the best decision I've ever made. So in terms, in terms of doing it with fitness, it's only going to be the same effect, you know. And I say it to clients once they've signed up as well, just so they know I'm not bullshitting them, you know. Um, so what does the kind of initial programming and stages and things like that look like? What are some of the kind of key elements you would say are what they should be working on to dive into a strength training training? Program? Honestly, from my point of view, if I could, say, speak to 15-year-old me and say, this is the plan you need to follow, I'd do full-body training for probably the first two or three years. What most yeah. people mess up on is this bro split of going, I've got chest day, I've got bicep day. It's, it's not the way to build movement proficiency. Yeah. Now, now, that might be sounding a bit fancy, 
Uh, that means just be good at the basic movements. Yep. So literally every day, well, not every day, maybe three days a week, hitting a squat, a bench, and a deadlift height movement, something overhead as well, and just training your basic movement patterns repeatedly until you're good at them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's something most people just never build a solid foundation on. And to be honest, it's the route I would go in terms of maybe programming someone in as well. I'd maybe tend to go more machine-based depending on how the, the, the beginner they are, if there's going to have someone to help them out and things like that. But just working on these basic patterns to start with, three foot, you know, three full body workouts a week, great place to start, you know, really start building a foundation for yourself and, and progressing in those bigger lifts because the airport's going to get you the most bang for your bucket, buck, sorry. And as anyone who's listening to this is a busy nine to fiver, you're not willing to spend hours and hours on end of the gym, you know. Go in if you hit the big compounds, it's going to be more time efficient as well. Um, oh, definitely. You could get a 35, 40 minute workout done three times a week and that's you golden. Yeah, 100%. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm planning on releasing an ebook at the end of this month and it's going to be based around three, four, three 40 to 45 minute full body workouts. Just hard hitting and effective, no bullshit, you know? Um, just get in and out and do what you need to do. Um, in terms of the, the best place to learn, maybe pick up some tips and tricks and things, where would you suggest those starting out can I, can I go to, towards any resources like yourself and things like that? Obviously, we'll shout Matt's Instagram and stuff out as well. Um, but what was kind of the initial stages for you getting into this sport and that, that kind of really helped you through those initial phases? Well, I, I was in a lucky enough position that when I first decided I was going to start really lifting to try and put on some tissue, I was in something that's very, very uh, rare nowadays, at least in Dublin is a, an old school bodybuilding gym where I had powerlifters and people around me to coach me and mentor me. But uh, in terms of online resources now, like we're spoiled for choice. There's this teen Asian that's pretty good for giving some basics on how to move properly. But there's, I, I can't even tell you how many videos on YouTube. Yeah. The, the difficulty is trying to pick out what's good and what's bad. Yeah. <laughs> how did he go uh, doing that? <laughs> well, in my opinion, there's one channel on, uh, well, one person on the internet that I would definitely follow would be Ben Bogolsky. You can't really go wrong with his exercise execution. Yeah, I'm going to he, see he will teach you it. I'm going to meet him in person in less than two weeks' time. I know, I'm so jealous. If I had time on my hands to do that this time around, I'd be all over it. Uh, next opportunity, I want to get out and meet that man. I'm looking forward to that, I must admit. In fact, it's, when is it? It's a week, a week in... No, it'll be two weeks on Saturday, sorry. Was it a week on Saturday? I think, actually, it's around when my birthday is. What is it, 24th of March? Yeah, it's actually it's actually two weeks today that the, the, the seminars and things start. But um, I fly out a week on Saturday, that's what it is. <laughs> to go to the Florida sun. Yeah. Get enjoying it. Better than this weather, anyway. Uh, in fact, this will actually, this podcast will actually be out when I'm out there. <laughs> this, 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 this will be coming out on the 25th, I think. Uh, but in terms of those exercise execution and things like that, that is something that I place very high importance on as well, you know. Um, what are some of the kind of basic tips and things you would give to anyone starting out in the gym who really needs to focus on exercise execution? Takeaway tips that they can use tomorrow, going into their workouts, listening in, that straight away they can go, right, that's excellent, I can now implement that going forward. 
But the one simple thing that you can apply to absolutely every exercise, no matter what body part you're training, is focus on feeling what you're meant to feel. Yeah. Might sound a bit airy fairy, but if you're doing a bench press and all you can feel are your shoulders, you know you're meant to work your pec. So my little tip that I try to give to any of my clients that are on programs or not beside them, if you sit there, I'm going to use myself as an example, pretend you're bench pressing, put your hand on the muscle and get your joints to move through the range that you plan to put them in and you can't feel the muscle that you're meant to work actively, you need to change the execution. So if you video yourself, send it to your coach maybe once a month even, we can start to correct those type of things from, from a remote location, even more so than just looking at a video. Yeah. Because everyone's built differently, but that'll be the, the simple fix. Yeah, of course. I mean, a lot of people come to you, uh, come to myself, you, I'd imagine, and say, what exercise do I need to do to build my bicep? What exercise do I need to do to build my chest? It's completely different for everyone. Like, yeah, everyone's got different arm lengths, humerus lengths, you know, all these different things, different torso lengths, you know, whatever. Everyone has got completely different physical makeup. So taking oh, the time to maybe just ask someone for help, so a bit of guidance and things like that. And actually, in its most basic form, as you said, feeling what's actually working. Like, if you're doing a bench press and all you're feeling is your shoulders or your triceps, there's something not right there. You know, you have to dial it back. For example, my favorite chest exercise is a cable crossover. Like, nothing for me gets a contraction like that. I know maybe you can't load it as much, but I would challenge anybody to say that I couldn't build a good chest by just progressively overloading a cable crossover purely because the contraction I get and the feel for the muscle I get is so great. Um, but again, that's more coming down to the setup and doing the right things. So you have to have that element of finding what works for you, you know? Oh, definitely. You're, you're only going to be able to progress an exercise as well as you're able to execute it. So if you can execute, say, your cable crossover perfectly, but your bench press is something where you're feeling your triceps, why would anybody ever tell you to do your bench press to get a bigger set of pecs in Yeah, so true. So like, true. I, I don't know how into bodybuilding some of your audience will be, but uh, Phil Heath, most people know, is Mr. 8th plus 7th time Mr. Olympia. Yep. He, uh, he has a, well, had a narrow chest, huge arms, huge shoulders, relatively speaking. He decided, right, I can't bench press anymore. They removed it and gave him different exercises because it was never going to make him Mr. Olympia. So yeah. same for any of your listeners, pick the exercise that's going to serve you the best. Yeah, 100%. Like, and there you go. That's the, that's one of the top guys in the world in the bodybuilding stage who's going, right, I don't need to, this exercise isn't working for me. Um, the bench press, everyone knows it's the best chest exercise. Oh, yeah. Um, but just being self-aware, you know, to, to, to take a step back and go, right, uh, what, is, what is or isn't working for me here? And if you're someone who's only feeling back exercises in your biceps, which is a very, very popular one, you need to lighten things up, dial in your form, start thinking about what you're actually contracting, pulling from your elbows, doing things like that, creating intention. Um, just kind of really taking the time, slowing things down, I find, is something that's really beneficial now. When you're struggling to connect with something, Matthew, say you're struggling maybe in a back exercise, chest exercise, yeah. what's some of the kind of first things you will do to firstly assess and see what is it maybe is this the wrong exercise for me or what can I do here to improve it? 
what are some of those kind of initial steps that you would take um, to try and address? That's, that's actually a perfect question because only yesterday I had an interaction with one of my clients that was having that very problem. Um, the dude absolutely loves single arm bent over dumbbell rope. Loves it the bits. Progressively has overloaded up to be very strong in the movements. But every time we have feedback, he goes, I like it, but all I'm feeling is my bicep and my lower back. Never getting any contraction in his back. So I got him to send me a video of it. We assessed it and decided we were going to swap it over to a cable row to create more tension. So single arm rows that we can focus on slowing it down, taking the muscle from longest point to shortest point without any swinging or lifting heavier than he's capable of. So the thing is breaking down the movement, seeing where you're strong, where you're weak, and trying to gain as much tension as possible on that muscle. Because at the end of the day, your bicep doesn't know you're lifting 20 kilo. It just knows the source. Yeah, 100%. Like, you, 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 your, your body doesn't know how much weight's in your hand if you're not performing it correctly, especially with the muscle you're trying to work. In that, exa- oh, yeah. in that example, in that example the, the dumbbell rows are a perfect example. You know, you see people throwing their shoulder around and twisting their hips. Oh, yeah. Wondering why they're getting a sore lower back and, and, and no hats, you know. So for me, doing a full body workout. Yeah, exactly. For me, really slowing things down, focused and controlling. Um, again, taking time to watch these exercise execution tips. I post loads for anyone who's who's listening in. There is multitudes of, of of exercise executions on my Instagram and YouTube. I'll link below. I'm sure Matthew's up as well. So and Ben Bukowski is another one that is absolutely. That he is literally the best in the world at this kind of thing. Uh, so there's, oh yeah, with, without question, he, yeah. he is the Yoda of yeah. all of that. I mean, there's nobody smarter with that. Straight off the bat, that you can go and listen to, go and watch. If you're struggling, um, it's not a case of. It doesn't need to be a case of. I've got terrible genetics in this area, you know. Um, maybe you're just not performing exercise. Like everyone's got bad genetics for a certain. Body. That doesn't mean you can't improve on it, you know. Um, so just kind of taking that time, taking that, making that assessment on yourself and your own training. Um, I think is you know, definitely. It's learning to leave the ego at the door when it comes to what exercises you pick. Yeah. And just getting really good at whatever stimulates the muscle you want to grow. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Just dial it back and, and keeping it be. It's, it's something for me that I really had to focus on because I had a good couple of years where I focused on powerlifting. I was a bit kind of married to the squat, the bench, and the deadlifts. Yeah. And every time I start a prep, I have to be realistic and go, is the deadlift and the squat going to serve me best to look my best on the stage? Not yes. really. Again, 100%, and that comes down to your goals. You know, you have to tie it back into your goals. So, Matthew, if you're stepping on stage... Maybe he doesn't want to be two weeks out from the show, plating up the squat, absolutely fucking shattered. Like, plating oh, yeah. up the deadlift. It's so much easier maybe just to again, stimulate the muscle growth with something like hack squats and leg extensions and leg presses and things. It just makes life easier. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself the question at the start of the workout. And this is where hand is, what am I trying to achieve with this workout? What is my goal like? If you're in the bodybuilding stage, you build as much muscle as possible, then you pick exercises from that, you focus and progress on that. If you're specifically focusing on strongman or powerlifting, then you're going to have to do your, your bench or deadlift, things like that. But if you're just in the gym trying to be functional, 
maybe we'll pick a blend of exercises on that. Into the bench, squat, deadlift, build, build that foundation. And you throw in some exercises you enjoy, you feel good, that you feel good. You feel good. Oh, 100% behind that. Like that. Because if you're, if you're going into the gym for normal health, fitness, feeling good about yourself, you absolutely have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. That doesn't mean it has to be easy, but you have to actually like those exercises. Yeah. If you're walking in hating everything you do, it's not very likely you, me, or anybody on this planet's going to be able to give you a reason to walk in there. 100%. And in terms of keeping, like, what, what kind of clientele do you specifically work with? Do you typically work with general population and things like that? Just, you know, your regular guys and gym, girls and gym? Uh, I would kind of get a bit of a mixture. I would get my bit of gen pop that might interact with the content I'm putting up with the bodybuilding sort of stuff and go, I like the look of that. He must know what he's doing. Yeah. But then I also get my direct, like, I've got five people right now prepping for shows. Yeah. Um, I have an ex very high level powerlifter that now just wants to look good for the wedding. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I get kind of a good, good mixture. In terms, in terms of competing in the bodybuilding show, let's kind of dive into that because it's, I know we kind of said we'd go into the powerlifting, but I like going, I like going down into this because it's something that yeah. is enjoyable to me and I think brings a lot of value to people listening. Sort of a mindset thing. Like I'm now a week out from my first ever photo shoot reasonably tough calories are really low you yep, know looking pretty shredded i saw the pictures they put up thank you very much mate um in terms of that mindset you know one thing for me and this is the strangest thing like i've literally had a thousand calories today i've done a 12 hour shift an hour of cardio and a leg workout this morning and i'm fine i mean energy wise i'm okay you know, I, I don't sleep too much either. I'm, I'm, I'm as an office as, as much. As I yeah. One thing that changed, one thing that's changed it massively for me and made this the easiest cut of my life, despite it being the leanest probably close to it, and is because I had that, that photo shoot day is not changing. There is cameras going to be there. I am flying down to London. There's a fucking hotel. Lights paid for. And that alone is massive. So in terms of if you really want to achieve something, make it, you really want to push the boundaries, things like a bodybuilding show, which may seem completely out of reach. I mean, in terms of reaching, it's not something I want to even do. But photo shoot or even a holiday, you know, let's kind of go into the mindset that's where I want to go. Yeah. That it takes to push right through those hard days to get to that stage in the best shape of your life. What are some of the kind of tougher lessons or some of the more beneficial lessons that you've taken from really prepping in the depths of a show? Because let's face it, that shit is going to be tough. You know, you know, yeah. I, you get the pretty tough days of the um, what are some of the kind of biggest mindset and mental lessons that you've taken away from playing for bodybuilding shows in the past? Well, actually, funny enough, recently, probably within the last year, because um, so just to put in context, my, my first show being in 2013, I placed dead last as a junior. Um, I've every other sport I've ever done, I always won. Not a, not a cocky thing, but in kickboxing and powerlifting and swimming. I smoked the competition. Bodybuilding is the first thing where I've lost every time I did it until last year where I finally won. 
and got first place in the Irish Muscle Power under 90. So some of my credentials. But uh, one of the owners of the gym that I work out of had a conversation with me about the process that I take mentally to get ready that I'd never heard of before, so I didn't know I was doing it. Are you familiar with VAKGO? No. Um, so I will probably look up the names or the, the things of what it's there, but VAKGO is basically your senses. So visual, auditory, kinesthetic, gymnastic, and olfactory. So basically what you see, feel, smell, taste, and experience, basically. Um, that he has talked about people making a process where you don't just think, oh, I've got this bodybuilding show and I can see myself on the stage. I've always, without thinking about it, thought about what's the stage going to feel like? What's it going to smell like? What's the temperature going to be like? What are the tastes I'm going to experience? And I paint a picture in my head that's so vivid from the day one of my prep that I basically already think I won. So when I get to the really tough parts of prep where I'm no carbs, really low calories, doing my second cardio session, wanting to stop, I can't because my brain already thinks I'm on stage and I won. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, it's hacking your brain basically to make you believe you've already achieved what you want to achieve. That's, that's, that's amazing. I, 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 I haven't heard it framed like that, but that is, that is pretty good. And in terms of setting up like a routine or something like that, is it something you visualize every day? Is it something you walk through? You know, someone listening to this could, you know, if you want to look good in that fucking beach this year, if you want to look the best you've ever had, take your, to, yeah. what I'm hearing is go to that beach, feel stand on your feet. The, the exactly. Face, you know, the drink in your hand. It's you're all about feeling confident. That is an incredible feeling. To be honest, I have pictures myself in front of the camera and things like that, but and, and I've never took taken it to that level that you're taking it to just now. But let's kind of go there. So, how do you do that in terms of it's a daily visualization? Do you write anything down? Do you write goals? Where do you start with something like that? Because obviously, it's obviously something that's in depth. It's, it's, it's a deep one. So I go through a process at the beginning of a prep where it takes me about two or three weeks to try and lock my head around it and get the picture deep in there. Yeah. Once I've got all of that locked in there, I can believe and I can start telling myself every morning when I wake up. Like, I... You remember our call with Ben a couple of weeks ago? Where he said, listen, you got to get out and go for a walk every single morning. Yeah. That's helped cement it into my head even more this time around. So I wasn't getting up and doing the walk before. It was just walking around my house in the morning before I got ready to leave. Pretty much just talking to myself like a lunatic. Going, you've got this. You're going to win. Picturing what I'm going to look like. And developing the image, the feeling, everything about it in my head. The first three weeks are pretty much the most important one. Because I'm sure you've heard before, 21 days to form a habit. Once it's there, it's locked into how you move. And that's for like anything. If you, if you do 10 push-ups every morning for 21 days, on day 22, if you wake up and don't do it, it feels pretty weird. So when I spend those three weeks picturing that, it locks it in. So every morning when I wake up, the first thing I think is, when I'm going to be there. I know what it'll look like. And every time I get ready to train, when I'm doing my breathing prep, I, don't, I won't get into that bit because that'll go 
way off into a tangent. Yeah, but, no, uh, listen, I've, I've, talked, I've talked about greens back and going here and things like that before. So if you maybe dive into yeah. that in a second, but continue. Yeah. So while I'm in the middle of doing my breathing prep, that's a time where nobody talks to me. So I'm lucky enough to work in a gym. So I'm able to kind of go, right, guys, leave me to it. I'm sitting in the corner like a weirdo. I can have internal reflection time and think about end results of the stage. So before I get into my training session, it's in my head that I know what I'm going to look like. I know what it's going to feel to hold the trophy. I know what it's going to feel stepping off the stage. All that's locked in every time I train, every time I do cardio, anytime I do anything related to bodyweight. So it is pretty much daily repetition, but at the right times. So the morning time before you leave your house to let the world into your life, and at the beginning of the tasks that bring you closer to the end goal. So for a, a normal person that's maybe not competing in show, they could definitely benefit from trying to apply that process to their holiday or their photo shoot or their, their wedding they want to look good for. Yeah. But that every morning before they leave the house, if it's possible in the routine, to spend a few minutes thinking about that end goal, maybe while they're having the coffee or the breakfast, then when they're on their way from work to the gym, if maybe we do it in the evening, they start thinking about it in the car, picturing that thing, and get that locked into your head before you walk into the gym. So that when you're doing the training session, and maybe Andrew set you, you've, uh, you've no reason to stop and go, oh, I need a 10-minute break from this because it's too tough. You'll push through that thing. It's, it's quite funny that I actually had a conversation. It wasn't around. It was around a similar topic with my client Sam on Saturday. And both of us are big fans of David Goggins. Um, and we'll oh, just, he's a savage. Yeah, we're just kind of talking about him and things. And one of the things I framed to him was always said, you know, do, do a general ten minute warm up before you go. Ten minutes in the treadmill. That I do with my clients and my programs. Get ten minutes to get your head right. But I said to him. What you should be thinking about in that 10 minutes, getting your head in the zone. Get the idea that every single rep counts. If you can make every single rep count for a year, you're going to be fucking 10 times the person you were this day next, this day last year. Obviously, every things you feel down and things, you're be stressed out, you need a longer work, it's Thursday night, you know, you're pissed off, you want to be weekend, whatever. But if you can take that five, ten minutes just before you work out, dial in, and think about the workout ahead, think about how you can improve better. This is literally the conversation I had with him on Monday night. And um, he obviously really kind of things like that. Um, but that's something that we discussed, and just taking that few minutes to get your mind right and buy in, try and blow away the bullshit and stuff, really does help. Oh, it's incredibly important. And like where I, where I try to relate that to some of my gen pop clients, everybody, well, not everybody, but let's say most of the population watches some form of sport and has a sports star they look up to. There's no professional sportsman, sportswoman that isn't having a pregame ritual or a beginning of training ritual where they're getting their head right. So like recently I actually had a client that said they don't believe in warming up at the beginning and they went, well, I don't care if you don't believe in it, this is about change because you need a warm-up so that your body is actually warm and ready to exercise. But how we swung them on it was explaining it's not about warming up. It's about getting that right before you go in and do the workout that upset you. Yeah, I mean... It's I, just I, pre-game ritual. Yeah, 100%. It's someone... 
I personally work out in the mornings now, so that, that's a change I made back in August. Um, honestly, it was probably the best decision I ever made for my training. I'll absolutely love it now, but I'll always take that 10 minutes in the treadmill, do a couple of activations for the muscle I'm about to work, you know. It takes you a minute to switch on. Now that that's involved, that's after like a contrast shower and things like that in the morning, some press-ups to get Epic. blood flowing and things like that. But if you're, you know, just taking that couple of minutes before the workout, it doesn't even need to be 10, just five minutes in the treadmill, visualise what it is you want to achieve in the workout, get your head in, not zone, I, I say this often, you're not there to zone out, you're there to zone in. I will, like, the only thing that's opened my phone like is that. The, the, the exercise tracker that I use, the app, my app, my Andrew Marlson Fitness app, that's the only thing that's opened my phone when I'm working out. No messages, no Instagram scrolling, nothing else. It's me, my music, and my weights. That's it. And the difference that has in my day, the knock-on effect that has in everything I do that day is mind-blowing. I cannot recommend it enough, you know. I've just built, built in some of these things like that is really going to help take it to the next level for you as well, you know. Um, so what, what do you mind touching the breathing practice and things like that that you do before? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like because again, I, I talk about the, the breathing practice and things like that quite often. This podcast, the things that I like to incorporate, I like to do, um, it's more around stress reduction, you know, getting to sleep and stuff. So, tell us a wee bit about your pre game breathing, um, routine if you don't mind, Matt. Yeah, no worries. Um, so it's it's actually something I picked up through listening to Ben podcast, um, Ben Mikulski, also where I discovered Chris. Um, he had a guy on called Patrick McKeown, a fellow Irishman, oh, who, uh, who has a, a book. The, the book. The, got the book, Oxygen the, Advantage. If you can see my, you can see my bookshelf there. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah. The Oxygen the Advantage is on that shelf and it has been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I got that book straight after I heard the podcast and listened through. I, I actually got to interact with Patrick a little bit in the Instagram DMs and he sent me some some email, some research from some of his peers and colleagues. Just nothing major, just kind of reinforcing the research he puts into the book. But I just do a couple of his breathing techniques. The, the main thing that I'm doing is 4-6 breathing, where I'm trying to slow down my heart rate, yep. get control of my breathing before I start lifting. Um, I'm doing small amounts of empty lung before I go in, small amounts of breath holds, and then I try to maintain it through the session in between sets. Um, so it also, even apart from the scientific data, that allows you to clear lactic acid easier and get a few extra reps. It also allows me to keep head zone in because if I'm keeping the gob shut, only breathing with my nose, way less likely to talk to somebody and take me out of the zone in the middle of the workout. I've actually got my mouth tape here as well. <laughs> Epic. Actually, I only saw a thing on Patrick's Instagram. He put it up. He's after putting out mouth tape where there's a little gap so it's one for when you're sleeping. Um, it's elastic, so it doesn't close your mouth, but it stops you from opening it so wide when you sleep. So I'm gonna have to order that to try it. According to the missus, it's not pretty bad. So we'll see if that helps. That's, that 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 should definitely help you anyway. Um, so in terms of it, like, that was a, a really good training segment. I'm conscious of the kind of time as well for you here, Matt. Um, but what is your kind of general approach to nutrition? I know that's a very, very broad statement I've made. There. Um, but oh, let's, yeah. let's kind of touch on that. 
just kind of as before we kind of finish things off because I feel like we've really covered a, a really good training aspect there. Hopefully, something that a lot of people can take a lot away from that. But kind of touching the nutrition strategies for someone who's looking specifically to get stronger to build muscle, since we've kind of framed most of the majority around that, what are some of the kind of top tips and go tos that you would suggest? for someone looking to really build some muscle, getting into the gym, and what are some of the kind of nutrition strategies you need to best start off? Um, well, really basic. The first thing you need to do is either ask somebody that knows or else be able to look it up yourself to figure out what your baseline calorie maintenance levels are. Um, once you know that, if you're looking to build muscle, you have to eat above that. So calorie surplus, the other thing I rate higher than any other factor, easily digestible food. If you are eating a bunch of crappy junk food that your stomach can't process, you're never going to get enough nutrients out of your food. Yeah. Or on the same point, you might be eating really good quality food that you just don't digest well. Like, for example, me, if I eat brown rice, my stomach bloats out to holy hell and I'm not digesting any of my meals for the next three, four, five hours. So for me, I have to make certain selections of what digests well, what doesn't. Um, I could go real deep in nutrition when we possibly I get you onto my podcast we'll talk on it sounds um, good mate I'm, be, that. I, I'm, go, I'm going to hold you to that I'll get you on um, I don't have guests on yet but you, you can be on the list in the first few sounds good um, I'll, sounds I'll good. drop a, a mad bomb here I was vegan for 18 months really? how did you find that? yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll still give vegan nutrition plans to clients who want them and want to do it for ethical reasons but personally um, one of the worst things that ever happened to my health. Really? Um, I did two bodybuilding shows while vegan, and to get enough protein in, the attached carbohydrates with the meat replacement products put my carbs up like way higher than they needed to be, and my blood sugar levels at fasted were teetering on diabetic levels. Um, so in, in terms of sugar... <laughs> was a big problem being vegan. There'd be healthier ways to do it if it wasn't a strength athlete. I believe some people could be majority plant-based, but uh, I, I won't be doing it again. I eat a ribeye steak for breakfast every day now. Good. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of that myself. Um, so first kind of couple of points then. Obviously, get your baseline calories. Figure that out. Get someone to help. Um, and then just kind of obviously stick to the surplus and things like that. Where do you sit yeah. in terms of rec protein recommendations? things like that for anyone looking to really maximise muscle building um, and easily digestible foods that's what most people don't think about when people are trying to build muscle it can almost get a chore when you're trying to put on muscle oh, definitely. so choosing foods that are higher quality but still are easier to digest for myself I will go to white rice potatoes, pastas, things like that, no problem at all um, but I'm for me, oatmeal is one thing that really bloats me. I love it when I'm on a cut because it bloats me. <laughs> Kills you up. Yeah, yeah. As much as I shouldn't. Um, it bloats me up, really fills me up, so I tend to stick to oats when I'm cutting and things like that. Um, not the best reason, but being aware of how foods are making you feel, you know, um, and just having that self-awareness, I think, is absolutely key. Oh, it's, it's incredibly important. Like For me, I had a period of time where I had Cripplingly bad acid reflux. Um, it was, you know, th this is going a mad tangent because when I lived in Bulgaria and uh, didn't have high quality foods, um, but over there I basically couldn't lie down flat at night time. The acid reflux is so bad, and 
when I tried to figure out the best way to fix it, I discovered Stan Efferding's vertical diet. And the way that fixed it was actually eating red meat all day, every day with bone broth um, for about three months. Are you, are you on that vertical diet at the moment? No, it, it doesn't serve a bodybuilding prep too well. Um, for a strength athlete, I believe there's nearly nothing better. Okay. Um, it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's eating basic food yeah. repeatedly through the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm actually quite a fan of his. I do like listening to him and things like that, and the way he talks and stuff. It's not something I've ever gave a go, I must admit. Um, but it, it would definitely certainly be interesting to try in the future. Um, but I think we've covered a really good topic. Training, training wise, we, we, we covered a lot there, Matt, as well. Um, definitely would. Superb, mate. So, in terms of, I'll finish these off with a, a, a top five. Um, what would be your top five tips for anyone? Busy nine to five or general population who are stepping into the gym for the very first time and their sole goal is to build as much muscle as possible. Top five, I guess, would be pick easily digesting food, eating a calorie surplus, train full body only if your first time going into the gym, get a coach, and sleep as much as you possibly can. <laughs> so those are my top five. You do that, do it for a year. Don't tell me you didn't build muscle. Yeah, 100%. Simple. I couldn't agree more, you know. And the only one I'd add to that is track your fucking workouts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, get a pen and paper, note what you're doing and beat your score from the week before and you'll do just fine. Um, so some yeah, great tips there as well, Matt. Really enjoyed that podcast. That was great, mate. Um, if, do, you want to quick, do, you want, do you want to give a quick shout out to your socials and things like that, where, where everyone can find you? Um, and also for anyone who will will all be linked below as well. Yeah, look, re- real simple. You just follow Ask the Enhanced Superman on Instagram, Facebook, um, everywhere through there. We'll link you through all of my stuff. Nice and simple. Sounds good. Um, everything su- superhero themes, so that, that's where you're kicking through. That's what I like. Big Superman logo. That's what I like. I actually, I better jump because they're kicking me out of the coffee shop here. No worries at all, Matt. I will let you go, mate. Um, but thank you, thank you again. Quick sign off for anyone who leaves a review or screenshots this podcast, tags me in the stories. Completely free coaching call. Also, below free custom new plan in the show notes and the YouTube description. Matt, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to being a guest in yours. And I will speak definitely. I'll have you on, buddy. Later on. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.